It's all in the game on City Talk 105.9. A very good evening and welcome to All in the Game on City Talk 105.9. I'm Dave Downey, uh, normally my sidekick and uh, former host, Neil Atkinson, is in the hot seat. Uh, this week he's, he's opted for sunnier climbs and somewhere else to bury his head in the sand ahead of this week's Merseyside derby. In his place, more than a worthy replacement in the Anfield Raps, Rob, Gu- Rob Gutman. How are we doing, Rob? No, I'm, I'm good, Neil. <laughs> Not Neil. <laughs> oh, the Freudian <laughs> slip. What, what, what no, no, Dave, Dave, I'm, I'm good. He will be. He put you up I, to that. I think he? Neil's better. Yeah. <laughs> He's in Berlin, you know. <laughs> Is he? Yeah, yeah. You, you won't thank people for, for you telling them that, Will he not? Okay. He, he likes to go undercover on his little missions away when... He's at home very sick. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, a massive, massive game of football going to be taking place at Goodison Park. Who's Saturday. playing? Uh, well, uh, player-wise, your guess is as good as mine with this stupid international break. But yeah. I did vow before the show not to mention any international football on the show this evening, other than the fact that it has been confirmed Daniel Sturridge plays for England tomorrow. We'll get onto that in a little bit. Um, I wanted to start by asking you firstly, uh, obviously it's a great opportunity with getting you on the show. Um, Neil sort of gives us the lowdown on Brendan Rodgers and how his time at Liverpool has evolved since he first came in last year. How do you think it's gone this season compared to last and, and, and how his philosophy, a lot was made of his philosophy because he uh, I used to think he generally banged on about it quite a lot, but uh, how how much has that changed into a more pragmatic approach uh, as time's gone on? It's it's a difficult one. Um, and me and Neil have discussed this long into the night. It's it seemed he he seemed to want to define that he had the philosophy from the from the word go, and I think it sort of gave everyone in the club something to buy into, and it almost provided, and I mean this in a positive way, a ready-made excuse if we didn't win matches early on because we were we Liverpool football because I'm a Liverpool fan, we were evolving into something, and if we didn't win a match, it's okay because you could look at the positives, we'd got the ball down, we'd passed it, we kept it, and okay, we conceded two soft goals, but as time has gone by, I think he's acknowledged. Liverpool have got different players to, say, his Swansea side who could contain a game and look to just nick one, one nil here and there. There wasn't the emphasis to, to entertain a crowd, to, to, to get goals. Uh, he's made a big play when, when he's been interviewed in more recent times of the type of footballer Gerrard and Suarez are. The players who want to force the game. They don't want to sit still and wait for it to happen. They want to get there every pass every touch it has to have a goal in mind uh, so he has got more prog- pragmatic I think to think that he's got pragmatic in that he's going to he's going to allow people to launch it long or Liverpool under Brendan Rodgers could have ever tolerated Andy Carroll is, is not going to happen Liverpool still play the ball on the ground when they can they want to control it it's still it looks very much like they're, they're working on the five sides and it's one touch stuff so it, it, it's a compromise. I think he's working with the players he's got, but the philosophy's still there. The, the thing that's come across to me since, he, since he's been in the city, if you like it, he seems to be a very intelligent manager in terms of that, that pragmatic approach seemed almost to become seamless and actually part of the plan rather than something that he's, he's seen as an alternative to what he originally come up with. Yeah, I, I think he's a, he's a guy who likes a bit of evolution, does Brendan. Uh, it's what works. What worked last is worth persevering with. Which reminds me of a sort of scientist in a lab that goes, "I'm going to keep testing and testing, and if that works, we'll try it. If it fails next week, we'll change." And that's why guessing his formation, you, you, you li- your best bet is if we won last week, he's going to stick with it. Some people might see that as crude. I, I think he wants to keep. I think he's. I think he's learning on the job. He's. A th- he's what is he? Thirty-nine, just turned forty. Uh, it's one of the things I like about him. That he doesn't have an arrogance that says, "I'm a, you know, I'm a hard-bitten, experienced." 
pro. Just trust me on this one. It's going to work. It's going to go... I can't believe it. You almost sense he's thinking, I can't believe what I did six months ago. This is a whole different different world now. A, a massive aspect of Liverpool's game, me, me and Neil discussed it quite a lot last week, was Liverpool seemed to almost effortlessly at times blow the lesser sides away in the Premier League. And, and that, for many years, I think has been an underestimated of side, the great sides that go and do it. I think I, I read an article by um, Christian Wallace talking about points taken from sides in the bottom half and how much of a golfing class there is between the bottom teams and, say, the top six to eight sides. With, with an eye on Saturday, of course, I mean, you, you look at Liverpool, particularly against Fulham, it looks as if that side is very, very much set up to blow away these sides. Hmm. But it does that then become a gulf between what you see against those teams and how they set up against the likes of an Arsenal away you did struggle against? It's a difficult one, isn't it? I mean, the Holy Grail, as long as I can remember, sitting it's in the post-glory days for Liverpool under Evans, Julio, Benitez. Uh, we'll ignore the guy in between. And Kenny, <laughs> and Kenny was that um, if you can blow away the bottom 13, you can actually win the league. But Liverpool sides haven't managed to do that. They've been inconsistent against those sides. Rogers, it's it's a bit too early to say he's he's licked it. We've sorted it. We can take those guys who who parked the bus, put a low block defence on, and, and can get through them at will. But there is a pattern emerging. One thing I think Brendan's doing is. Uh, which previous managers say the more with a more European approach like Benitez and Julio wouldn't have done is if Liverpool are two 0 up on sixty minutes at home at Anfield, uh, Julio Benitez would have gone get Gerrard off, get a Suarez on off, get them rested and get and, and have the fresher side for the next game. He keeps them on and you sense that he wants the four 0 and he gets the four 0 quite often. But what what I think he appreciates is that psychologically, if you win a game four 0 You've got a better chance of winning the next game. Uh, you, 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 your question, Dave, was about you can beat you can beat the the uh, what's the word the less the lesser lights to be nice to be nice <laughs> to be the cannon fodder yeah. <laughs> to be not nice. Um, but how does that set you up for the big guns? Well, I think Arsenal are an example of that. And you looked at them against Liverpool two weeks ago. They've been beating the cannon fodder left, right, and centre for a year now. But it gave them a, a bedrock of confidence to go, we are a top team and we can do this. And that's why I think sometimes the fixture, the fixture list is an important factor. Liverpool and Arsenal have had a kind fixture list, but it's enabled them to gain confidence. Yeah, it's, a, it's always been a hotbed of um, controversy, I suppose, between amongst fans in this city. And um, I suppose we'd never see the likes of it anywhere else, but Liverpool and Everton fans are particularly quick to jump on the sides back when results haven't gone their way. In Everton's point of view, it was uh, last week against Crystal Palace. It was absolutely awful. The fallout from it, you know, you, you get everything from Martinez. You know, you need to change the team from you know get down the job centre. It, it becomes like that, and it, I get the sense that it's similar with Liverpool in terms of the frustration from going from sweeping sides apart like Fulham and then going to Arsenal and not putting up more. I mean, would you do you expect more? from those games rather than what you see. I mean, you see Liverpool do that to Fulham, you sort of expect them, and you're talking about referring to momentum and confidence. Does it surprise you that that isn't quite there in, in abundance? With the support, you yeah. mean? 
It's hard, you know what, it's always, I think, Dave, a difficult thing to, to generalise about the support because there's this camp and that camp and yeah. there's the internet, there's the match-going fan, uh, there's the, 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 the lads will phone into radio, so, so I don't know what the consensus is. I think, the, if, I, if, I, if I have to go down that route, the mood, I'd say, is the Liverpool fans are calm and optimistic at the moment. I think if Arsenal had been followed up with a draw against Fulham, I think that would have been a mini-disaster. <laughs> I think anyone, we, I think most people took the defeat against Arsenal, were bitterly disappointed by it. Brendan was quite clever in the week after, was going, do you know what, I've re-watched that and actually we were great. <laughs> and, um... I bought into that. I rewatched it and thought, you know, we we weren't that bad. It was the it was the small the small moments, the details, as I think Rafa used to talk about, yeah. which made the difference. Uh, with Everton, I don't. It's a, it's a different ball. It's a different ball game because of the, the switch of manager. I think. I think people are a bit more fragile in their thinking. God knows. I think Evertonians spent ten. My, my impression from the uh, red view from a distance is it was a fragile ten years for Evertonians under Moyes. Half the Blues I met thought he was doing a solid job, half the thought he was a disaster. So, you know, God help Bobby Martinez, 11 games in. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, my view is Liverpool fans are calm for now. And so they, so they should yeah. be, really. That's the, you give it the nail on the head, I think, with, the, with what you said about Everton, because I certainly didn't think, getting as close to it as I did as well, interviewing David Moyes and starting to get him to know him a little bit, um, I sort of got the impression that the grass could never be greener. And then, lo and behold, everything happened so quickly over the summer. Martinez comes in, get off to an absolute fly, and you think, hang on, this guy's the real deal. Hmm. Um, and I think that's very much you're going the other way from the scepticism you'd treat with a manager who's come from a side who's managed Wigan and taken them down, albeit with an FA Cup. Um, and, and with an eye towards this weekend, I mean, I know we, we tend to hype up derbies too much and they tend to flatter to deceive a lot of the time, but... It, has there been a bigger one in recent years for you in, in terms of the ideologies coming together of, of a Martinez and a Rodgers and it, it very much should be a footballing derby? Yeah, it should be. And it, 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 as you say, Dave, it feels like uh, an important derby. I don't think we've both been relatively as highly placed coming into a derby in <laughs> living memory. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's normally on 17th, isn't it? But looking over at our shoulder. <laughs> yeah, usually one of your Liverpool have had a slow start, Everton yeah. a bit ahead. I don't think you, the aggregation of the, if you aggregate the, uh, the, the positions that it would be as high. I don't think since probably the 80s, which is, which is something to take pride in. Mm. I know it's early days, but it's, it's something in itself. I also think that it's the first time there's been such a, a parallel between the footballing philosophies of the sides. I, even, I was thinking about this this morning. Going back to the 80s, uh, wonderful Everton side under Howard Kendall, which pains me to say it and to watch it at the time. Uh, but they, there was that side still, in contrast, mainly to a late 80s Liverpool side, which played a lot of a lot of football. Uh, say even compared to the 70s and early 80s Liverpool sides, the Everton side felt a lot more direct and pragmatic, even than that Liverpool side. They felt that something of a clash of styles. This is the first time you go, there's no clash of styles here. Mm. It's almost as a clash of... You wonder to what extent will will the styles prevail, will the mentalities prevail? Because Evertonians, you feel it's in the crowd, get off for this, will dogs of war at whatever team we put on the pitch and Bobby Martinez Robert Martinez is going to have to sit to one side and just take this for what it is it's not about him it's about the derby and Liverpool will come with Liverpool's agenda Everton will come with Everton's agenda and you wonder what will prevail the manager's philosophies or derby derby culture I, do, that, that, I think that's a very interesting point because I think that there's probably a, a, a split in the, in the Everton crowd at the moment looking towards the derby because 
the natural element, the go the go to mentality, if you like, is that dogs of war. Hmm. I mean, I mentioned on on the Blue Room last week on Thursday that I, I still think we've got to go in there and be aggressive. Now that is because I've known nothing different really in my time as an Evertonian. I think the better approach and the, the most sensible approach would to let to be let Martinez do what he feels is right and support the manager in this rather than, you know, kick lumps out of each other, get first twenty minutes, let's see how many yellow cards we can rack up. I think for once Everton are in a position where they can compete with Liverpool at playing football and particularly at home as well. I think that needs to be that needs to take precedence over anything else. More to instill some belief really because yeah, we beat Chelsea at home, but it, it, you know it was a one 0 It could have gone either way. It's a scrap, yeah. It was, it was a, yeah, it was a scrap in every sense of the word. Um, City away, the other big game that we've had, we, we were really poor, in my opinion. So for Martinez, and it's something that never ever happened under Moyes, finding some level of consistency against top sides, I think needs to be achieved, and and, and I think it's paramount that the Martinez's stamp is all over this game rather than. You know, this is a derby. We've got to get into these, and and, and we've got to kick them all over the pitch. I th- that's I think that's a logical conclusion. Yeah. I mean, I, looking at it from a Liverpool fan point of view, there's a part of me that always goes into a derby, dreading a derby, but because we don't want the aggression, the in our faces, we think we're a bit more. Uh, a bit more, uh, what's the word? Well, there's more artifice to Liverpool that we that we can go out and play, and we don't want to be kicked lumps out of us. And Everton disrupt us. We always want it to be the match report to go. Everton didn't seem to be in their normal derby mentality. So in a in one sense, the Roberto Martinez approach looks like manna from heaven. We think if it's a straight football bum fight. We'll take on Everton player for player, and we'll win. That's a, very, that's a simplification of it. Mm. Having said that, I often think that Everton's own worst enemy in derbies, I'm sure Evertonians might agree with this, is themselves. And they, they just they need to play the match rather than the occasion. And Roberto Martinez has given all the vibes off of that he's ever so relaxed about this. He is not buying into this, in, into this war. And if Everton win... It's going to, you know, I'll be the first to grudgingly hail it was to do with the mentality he brought to the occasion. It could either go very right or very wrong for him. Yeah, that's the thing with him because, and then that was the hell of a frustration under Moyes was the occasion got to him too much, I believe. Yeah. It was typified in that semi-final at Wembley and, and you know, those were, those were dark days in, in recent history under Moyes and, it, it, you know, I'm still torn now with my thoughts personally on David Moyes but... Derby's were a particular sure fall of his. So it would be very interesting to see how Martinez handles it. Taking that laid-back approach, I think he could have started off a lot worse. And, and, and I certainly think looking ahead to the weekend, that'll serve him well. Uh, you're listening to All In The Game. It's City Talk 105.9. We're back in about a couple of minutes. It's All In The Game on City Talk 105.9. Welcome back, it's all in the game on City Talk 105.9 with me Dave Downey and Rob Gutman in for Neil Atkinson this week uh, I've just been given some fantastic stats by uh, Joel who's al- almost become our unofficial statistician on all in the game of a Monday night uh, he tends to linger around the building so no one else will have him so we'll, d- we'll definitely take him uh, Way right. harsh, Dave S- <laughs> Since 2000, Liverpool's record at Goodison 1-9, lost 3, drawn 1 uh, it is a record that sort of strikes fear into me, Robin. On the same token, something else that strikes fear into me is the fact that we've got uh, Sylvan Distan as a centre half who's being asked to play with the ball at his feet uh, rather than actually tackling. And um, the fact that Luis Suarez in particular will be 
licking his lips at the fact that this lad's been asked to bring the ball out from a goal kick uh, and expected to find a player with the ball. Uh, it does petrify me going into this. And obviously, I mean, Suarez is phenomenal pressing the ball high up the pitch. Um, and he'll be really looking to get on this stand. And I fear that that could be uh, one of a few of Everton's potential downfalls in this game. And it's something that he exploited at Goodison last season. Yeah, and also in that semi-final yeah. as well. The thing that the thing that changes this, t- to my mind, it, and the, you know, we're all prone to being pessimistic, so we don't jinx this. So if I'm if I'm if I'm doing, you're scared, I'm scared oh, too. Yeah. My fear, my fear is that. Um, our forwards, Sturridge and Suarez, have been away. I know yours, uh, Lukaku, uh, you didn't play for Belgium the other night. I'm not sure if you... I don't expect him to this week either because they're, they're through, aren't they? Yeah, so, yeah. so, so he's not going to be worn out and he's not travelling across... Suarez is going to have gone to, uh, well, the Middle East and then over to South America playing games. Um... With the best will in the world, I think he, he, his match kicks off at, or finishes at 10.45 on Wednesday night, and he's meant to be kicking off at 12.45 with 60-odd hours. Dist, if I'm dist down, I'm sitting back and going, firstly, I think centre-halves were set a challenge, tend to do well. When people focus on the fact that you're up against SAS, or this, mm. you know, this daft thing the media have latched onto, they go, I'll tell you what, He's not going to make a fool of me. Uh, and I think he's going to come up against uh, 80% Suarez, which is still a lethal animal. Yeah. And if he's not at his best, Distan is going to get torn apart. But um, I wouldn't bet against Distan on this particular occasion. If it had been a clean run in, I'd have gone, I'd been a lot more confident. On the other side, Sturridge. I mean, you've got a situation he's been picked for England after reports earlier in the day that he might pull out because he yeah. seemed to walk out of training looking dis- despondent. Um, Sturridge, by his own confession, has not been right for two games and he's going to play for England. I'm, not, I'm sure he's not going to be any writer by the time he lines up at mm. lunchtime on Saturday. You could argue that this is the best time for Everton to be facing what Liverpoolians would say is the best strike force in the division, but it's the best time to be facing them. Yeah, I think that this, this Germany game's a weird one, isn't it? I mean, we hear all sorts of stories about Stephen Gerrard having painkilling injections to make the game. I know, I mean, is this, I, have I missed something here, exactly. Dave? Is this suddenly the most important fixture of a yeah. generation? What the hell is a player like Gerrard is on borrowed time, given his age, having painkilling injections for to play in a meaningless friendly? He should be back at home in bed with his feet up. The irony of it all is as well, the Germany managers had to come out and say today that they're not taking this lightly because he's resting so many players. Yeah. So I, I think it is ridiculous. I, I mean, I remember England went over to Germany a couple of years ago. I think they won 2-1. And the likes of Agbon Lahore, uh, the, you know, real scraping the battle. England players were featured in that match. And England won 2-1. There mm. wasn't an eye blinked. And all of a sudden, this has massive importance on it all because they went and lost 2-0 against Chile. Anyway, I don't want to get into international football. No, God, no, so I can't stand it. And <laughs> I, I really am not bothered about it until it comes to next summer. I'll be really fickle and watch every game in the World Cup. Um, going back to SAS, I hate calling them that, but I suppose uh, I suppose we've been for- it's been forced upon us, hasn't mm-hmm. it? Um, what surprised me since Suarez has come back has been Sturridge's attitude now. I know Liverpool fans are, are quick to defend him in, in in the sense that he had the perception when he first came to the club that 
he was a bit of a half job, Harry, maybe. He didn't really care, he's in it for the money, all the wrong reasons, that sort of thing. What's really impressed me is that work rate, and, and he, even though he has looked tired, that work rate that he had at the start of the season, being the main man, that has been relentless still, even even with Suarez coming back and taking over the mantle as the top striker. Yeah, it has. He's an, he's an unusual player, Sturridge, in some respects. Uh, his goal-scoring record means that he's he's up there with Torres, if not better, and he doesn't quite get the acclaim he deserves, even though he has been finally low. You put your finger on why that is, why he doesn't get that acclaim. I think, it's, to be crude about I think it's, it's easier to lord a foreign superstar. We were talking about this on the Anfield Wrap the other week. We know our lads too well. We feel we know lads like Sturridge, and we, we know his history, we know his background. We feel we're the same as him, and that he's kind of blagging it, and he'll eventually show his true colours. Whereas Suarez, uh, sorry, Torres, or Suarez, can arrive with all the mystique of a foreign signing, and, you know, they could be the next Neymar. You know, if Sturridge had arrived in Spain with a scoring streak, he would you know they'd be they'd be he'd be he'd be Real Madrid's top man um he's had a strange season this season in in some respects he's kept, he scored for fun i personally don't think he's put in many 90 minute performances and he was doing that last season mm-hmm. against fulham where way when he got a hat trick newcastle i think he gets a couple he was, he was unbelievable uh this season he's played in bursts and he seems to be a player who's very prone to picking up a niggling injury. Although he fights back from them quickly, he does pick up these injuries. And when he has these injuries, he play, plays below par. He will, you know, you saw in the first game of the season, he had had no, but the exact, this is what he's about these days. He'd had no preseason because of an injury with England. He plays against Stoke. Uh, first game he'd had 45 minutes um, against Celtic in a friendly he didn't do a huge amount but he whacked one in from 30 yards and won us the match that's, that is what he can do he's, he's not a typical footballer I said I'm very very anxious about him playing against Germany, I hope they give him 55 minutes tops and pull him off if mm. they have to play him at all mm. Looking uh, again looking back to the Liverpool's team that shapes up in the derby defensively a lot of experimentation really from Rodgers over the the opening weeks this season. Uh, are you a fan of the three at the back and having these wing backs in play, or would you would you rather flat back four? I don't know. I'm with Rogers on this one. I changed yeah. my mind from week to week. <laughs> when we win, he kept it. When we lose, he changed it. Uh, the interesting one with the derby is last season. Although Liverpool took a two nil lead, Everton stormed back into it, and by half time Liverpool looked in trouble. And Liverpool playing a four four two four five one. I can't remember exactly how they lined up, but Rogers definitely changed second half. He brought Sebastian Quates on and played three at the back. Would he have that in mind this year? Well, against that, he'd be aware that Martinez is not going to play as directly as Moyes did, and the directness was hurting us. And and there's no Fellaini there. Exactly, there's yeah. no Fellaini. But then again, Lukaku will. <laughs> Lukaku is a you know he's a big unit. Mm. He's going to be able to deal with it with an aerial bombardment. Uh, but Everton under Martinez shouldn't default to that. We would think. Yeah, I, I, I sort of. I, I prefer Liverpool to play that way simply because. I think we have the wide men to push those uh, wing-backs further back. Who would they be, do you think? Pienaar and Morales? I think he will stick faith with Morales. Having said that, he's been absolutely rubbish uh, last half-dozen games. Really? Uh, His first game when Lukaku came, uh, it was really interesting because Lukaku came on at half-time against West Ham, won us the game, and it looked like Morales, with his best mate coming on the pitch, had absolutely sprung to life, having been really subdued earlier in the season. Uh, and since then he hasn't really kicked on. I'm not sure it's his best position, but I think it's where Martinez will play him. Um, 
the other alternatives, perhaps playing Stephen Naismith out there, or Dale Lafayette, who a, a lot of fans are desperate to see get 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 a, as get a, a winger. Start. Do you think, Dave? Yeah. Um, against Palace, he come on on that right hand side. Against Villa uh, away, came on that right hand side. Um, I, I sort of think it, it's still a square peg in, in round hole situation with Dale Lafayette and Morales because. And Olympiacos Morales was a striker. He was a one and two striker. Got yeah. was good and striker. So I think that was quickly forgotten with the impact he had, particularly in last season's derby. Mm. I mean, he was fantastic on the left hand side. Yeah. In that first half against Goodison, got injured and went off. Um, I think he's the only option in terms of pushing Liverpool's wing backs further back. I mean, I presume it will be Sissoko. Will be on that side. I think it'll be. To be honest, I think it'll be four four two. Do you think so? Honest, yeah. Uh, the, the question will be whether he fancies Sarko's physicality against Lukaku. Tends to be right sided, doesn't he? Predominantly. Yeah. Am I right in saying that? So therefore, Sarko is a left sided player with more strength. But then again, Daniel Agger is his vice captain. It's 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 hard it's it's hard to know. There's a temptation to play three because Liverpool have quality in those positions. Mm. It's re- this is going to be the most you know the most eagerly awaited thing I think of the two teams' team news. I think we more or less know Everton's team. I think yeah. Barkley and Delafeu are unlikely to start and be kept as impact subs, aren't they? And I we'll, think Osman the, behind. I, well, that's that's the that's the burning issue for me is Osman or Barkley, uh, and he's opted for Osman in the last two games mm. because uh, Ross Barkley sort of went a little bit off the boil before that. Uh, having said that, I would think, I would like to think someone with Martinez's intelligence would have seen that Barkley's been the missing link in the last two games. He come on against Spurs at half time, was a revelation in the second half. Him and Dale Lefeu, uh, as a pair, they come on against uh, Crystal Palace on 60 and had a similar impact on the game. And you could see, any neutral could see that it'd be Ross Barkley, the one that can unlock a tight game when it's nil nil. You know, so I don't know if Martinez. It'd be very shrewd if he did start Barkley, I think. But the tried and tested thing would be to put Osman in. It's a local lad. He's a local lad. Massive experience in this game. Got his first goal in this game last season. I I, I probably tend to agree with you that Osman would fill in there. Although playing devil's advocate, I mean, I'd love to see Barkley and Dale Lafayette and have a real good goal, but. I think he'll tend to err on the side of course. You couldn't blame him either, really, in his first Merseyside derby. Um, Shape-wise, it'll be the same, whatever yeah, he picks. It'll be... 4-5-1, uh, 4-2-3-1, yeah. McCarthy and Barry will be the holding midfield players. Uh, generally, we'll have McCarthy doing Barry's leg work. Uh, Barry will take up his normal game, break up play, look at a, a decent pass as soon as he can. I think that he's crucial, actually, in terms of handling Coutinho. Coutinho's playing that free role. Yeah, I think Gareth Barry and McCarthy will have to manage him really, really well to, to nullify his threat because Barry hasn't got the legs. McCarthy has, but you know, you, you put two players on one man. He's that good that you probably would. Having said that, you know, you've got Henderson. I think I think Henderson will be I'll have a massive role in this game simply because he's the one in both midfields who've got the legs. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, that, and that's where you'd argue that Barkley may come in, but if not, I think Jordan Henderson will have a massive impact. You see, the in, yeah, the interesting thing in the in the sort of in the different format in the different formations is let's assume Liverpool don't go with three at the back, which would create that that interesting situation on the wings as we've all talked about. 
and we talked about the, um, the three at the back at second half for Goodison last year, but I, don't, I, I think they won't. I think you'll be happy to change to it if it goes wrong, but they'll start each having four at the back. But because, assuming Storage again comes through looking healthy enough, he's going to want his two forwards on the pitch, which means Liverpool are 4-4-2, whatever you want to call it, uh, however you want to dress it up. And Everton, therefore, will look to dominate in midfield. They'll look to go five. You know, people call it 4-2-3-1, but the managers who like that formation want the ball, and it is a 4-5-1. Mm. You're ultimately leaving a striker isolated. When you get the ball, you hope to support him, but you know you've got five in there to do the job. And although... Roberto Martinez was talking about, um, I don't want to treat this in any conservative way, I want to go for it, I want to play football. I think the idea of winning the midfield battle will appeal to him. Yeah, the, the other thing, aside from the midfield, when I was talking about those two wingers, if you have Pina and Morales saying on either side, which you presume is what Martinez will go for, the thing that's become apparent in the last couple of weeks is the lack of threat from the fullback positions. Hmm. Now, Seamus Coleman started off this season like a house on fire, um, Baines, who I'll, I'll get on, get onto him in a second, but with uh, Coleman, he he was rampaging forward at will um, in the early weeks of the season, and for some reason that seems to have stopped. Simply because Morales is is hogging that right hand side, he's been told. I think he's been told to to stay out there, uh, whereas normally he would drift inside, allowing Coleman to burst up on his outside. That hasn't happened lately, and it's been to our detriment. I think. Uh, similarly, the other side with Baines. I mean, a lot of Blues now, I think, are starting to wake up to the fact that this isn't the Leighton Baines that we know and love. Um, and it's obviously coincided with his lack of movement to, up the M62 over over the August, the end of August. So, um, I think he's properly disillusioned. I don't, I don't think... It, see, it, it's really, really weird with Baines because, you know, <coughs> he still scored those two fantastic goals at West Ham. That bought him a lot of time, I think, in terms of performances because everyone will say, well, you know, look what the lad can do. He's got excellent delivery. If you look between the lines, he cost us a goal against Hull, which could have cost us two points. Um, poor defending, conceded the goal. He only started to play against Aston Villa, a match I went to a few weeks ago. Um, he only started playing when Leon Osman came on and 20 minutes to go, he looked interested. He seems to have reverted into his shell since... He didn't get the move, and I'm 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 fearful that that may be the case this weekend as well. Because I mean, he's still coming out saying all the right things. He's not afraid to get interviewed by the media, which is credit to him. But at the same time, I I, I don't see the same Leighton Baines that I did. Well, certainly pre-transfer window closing. How old is he now? Is and he? He's 28 now. No, so he's still got plenty of years in him, hasn't he? Yeah, he's not slowing up. Yeah, he it, shouldn't be. It, it's just I I don't understand and. The excuse made for him was that Pina wasn't doing his usual coming inside trick where Baines, again, like similarly to Morales and Coleman, would come along the outside and whip a cross in. That hasn't been there. The other argument is have defences started finding out about... I mean, that's Everton's weapon for the last few seasons, hasn't it? It's been Baines and Pina linking up well on that left-hand side. I'm not sure, but, I mean, obviously many will give him the benefit of the doubt because of how great he's been. But... I mean, you, you know yourself, Rob. I mean, with, with a player like Steven Gerrard, when you see when you see your top consistent players underperform, hmm. there's a, a, a huge reluctancy from many quarters. 
to criticise and to say that they've had a poor game, it, it does generally become a lot harder to admit. Yeah, I'm in the other camp to that, Dave. Though I yeah. think I think there's a there's a rush to criticise. Gerard, Gerard is is again we, we were caught in this trap of generalising. The support say yeah. this, and and you know, there's a, there's a, there's definitely a, a group of Liverpool fans who I think are rushing to get on Steven Gerrard's back and rushing to write him off and say he needs to become a bit part player. I remember them doing a, a you know Man United fans watching them from a distance writing off Ryan Giggs, and I think it's the same sort of precipitous syndrome. I don't think I think it's wrong. I think Steven Gerrard, even at this age, is contributing hugely. God knows I'm old enough to remember mm. Kenny Dalglish getting written off and coming again and again and again. Uh, we're seeing it from. Wayne Rooney, uh, you know, again, finished. Mm. Now look at him, he looks on his absolute best form. Baines, we're 11 games into a season. I have to say, Baines isn't in the company of all the players we've been talking about. Yeah. All due respect Absol to him. Yeah, absolutely. He's a good fullback, a very, very good, honest fullback. Um, I think it's possibly a bit early to sort of read too much mm. into it. We'll see. Unfortunately, Derby games are uh, season-defining moments. I hope this isn't one of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, you're listening to All in the Game. Uh, we're back in a couple of minutes with uh, a take on what's going to be a really, really big weekend uh, for Everton and Liverpool, regardless of what happens at Goodison Park. It's All in the Game on City Talk 105.9. Chelsea at West Ham. Yeah. Welcome back. It's uh, 13 minutes to seven. It's Dave Downey, Rob Gutman, all in the game. Uh, Neil Atkinson will be back next week for all your Derby fallout, uh, unless of course uh, Everton win. Otherwise, I expect them to be hiding away again in some some foreign land, like you say, Rob. I mean, you've revealed he's, with Ber he's in Berlin. God knows where he can go next week. <laughs> <laughs> some massive fixtures. Aside Neil will travel. Yeah. yeah. Some massive fixtures aside from uh, the. Pending derby on on Saturday, Arsenal Southampton is a real mouthwatering tie. Robin uh, Southampton, are, I think everyone's uh, second team so far this season, been phenomenal. I love watching how high they press up the field, and I'm again terrified that they have those players that can do that. Because uh, again, with the distant liability that I mentioned, I think uh, I think Southampton will be keen to exploit that when we finally make the trip down there. Uh, Arsenal Southampton. <laughs> It's still the sort of game that I'd, I'd tend to say I'd stick my hat on Arsenal. Yeah, you say Arsenal Southampton mouthwatering tie yeah. with a straight face. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you know, yeah. it's a real double take yeah. on that, isn't it? I, it's, it's still hard to take them seriously. I looked at the stat of the league table over 38 games the other day, so it's 11 of the season and 27 of last season. Southampton at eighth, which does show the progress under Pochettino and sort of it backs the decision of the board to to, to bring him in. At a, at a time where it, did, it seemed incredibly harsh. He's had money to spend, but then sold quite a lot of the sort of middle-low rankers mm. in the division, but he, he's the one who's made it work. Can he keep it going? This is a bit of a watershed game for them. If Arsenal, as they... I think they can. I think they can turn Southampton over. Mm. It's quite possible that the Southampton are licking their wounds on the back of a 4-1 here. If Arsenal, if Arsenal get on top and cut loose, and it might burst the bubble, Southampton might think, ah, we found our level truly here. So it's a big, big game for them. I think for, for, for this league title race, it's a, a massive one. Southampton can do what they did at Anfield, do what they did at Old Trafford. They blow this thing wide open. Yeah, it's, it, it, it I'm is... not betting on that, betting on uh, it. No. No. <laughs> well, you know, you, we mentioned the Suarez travelling impact, mate, we bought that out on the weekend. You look, they've got Lalana, Lambert, Rodriguez. I think Lalana's starting for England tomorrow. Yeah. I mean, you know, you, you sort of dismiss that, don't you? But it's crucial for them because they're three huge players for them. 
Yeah, it's when I think players are winning their first caps like that, sometimes they can benefit from the the, the workout because it puts them on a high. Yeah. I seem to I've got a vague recollection of Michael Owen making his first or second England game in a midweek and then coming scoring a hat trick against I think it was Sheffield Wednesday away back in the day. And uh you see he seemed I don't the side didn't get a win, but he seemed personally lifted by it. And they, they may grow that bit taller because of that experience. And I think they may feel more worthy to be on the same pitch as Arsenal, whereas they might not have otherwise so it can go either way for them I, I think mm. um, we'll see who've Arsenal have, well we find that Meza Ozil is being rested uh, I don't know who else from Arsenal who, who are their big players Walcott's he may or may not come back in but he hasn't played I don't know who else of their big players is getting a game Carzola I don't think gets a game so they might be in good feckle Arsenal yeah it's, isn't it a shame though yeah. the, the way that we're looking at hang on who's playing this week in the international football because I mean it's sort of it, put, it puts a down on a lot of things for me generally, but you know you look at it affecting actually how your team plays. I mean Luis Suarez, terrible, could, isn't it? Could feasibly land in England the the same day as the as the game that he's due to play in. Yeah. You know it, it's absolutely ridiculous. Uh, anyway, looking aside from that, Man City, Tottenham, again another massive game. Tottenham have been really disappointing for me this season because I, I actually tipped them to have a tilt at the title. Um, and they flattered to deceive again because I've watched them a lot at home, expecting them to turn sides over, and they've won one 0 with a scrappy penalty or a scrappy goal late mm. on. Uh, and I think Alan Pardew, and we all love a bit of Alan Pardew, don't we? Uh, could come out with some great comments after they beat them one nil last week, uh, the week before last, and he said that they're suffering from Europa League because uh, I think they've played six in the Europa League so far this season, uh, lost three and won three. And uh, AVB come out and totally dismissed it, said no. You know, you've got to look at... We've still won three out of those six games. How much... Of, I mean, uh, I'd have to think back quite a few years whenever we last in the Europa League, but how much of a toll does that take on, on, on a squad that is relatively new to one another? I mean, I, I presume he'd take the positives in the fact that he can GL his squad a lot better. He can play players where... He wouldn't normally play them in a Premier League game. You know, the abundance of midfield talent Spurs yeah. have got at the moment. I think he'd, you know, it's one that you'd relish playing them against a lesser Eastern European side. I think, I, I think, your average Tottenham fan, I'm definitely going to generalise for them, would, would regard it as a feeble excuse yeah. that Pardew's given them then the, the Europa League. They had a, a you know, a, a fortune to spend strengthening that squad, and by most, in, you know, objective observers felt they did it well. They populated it with serious players. They had a squad to deal with those demands, and and a good many of those teams they're playing in the Europa League are absolute garbage. To give them full due respect, <laughs> just not good enough to to to, to trouble anybody. Uh, it's an interesting one. Uh, Neil last season was actually tipping Spurs as champions elect. Yeah. Uh, I think that people that care. My personal opinion is it may be a too soon to write Spurs as obituary, but I'll try anyway. Uh, it's there's the Gareth Bale thing, and you can't escape it. It's cliche, but a number of times I watched Spurs last season and thought they're in tight games, they look ordinary to me, and he whacks one in from yeah. 30 yards. Uh, after the game, people just square oh, Spurs. Look, aren't they? They're on the right. They they make a good story. Mm. The narrative with Spurs worked, but Gareth Bale was an a freak of a footballer mm. for them last year, and you, you now they can't seem to buy a goal. Right, uh, quickly, we've only got around 30 seconds left. Who's going to win that one for you then, Man City, Tottenham? City. West Ham, Chelsea? Draw. You hope, in hope more than expectation. <laughs> yeah, go <right. laughs> Well, City, Chelsea wobbling. Yeah. Cardiff, West Ham. Uh, Cardiff, Man United, sorry. 
Oh, definitely Cardiff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no doubt. I think we're all hoping for that one, yeah. mate. Rob, it's been an absolute pre- pleasure to have you on All in the Game this evening. Thanks, mate. Have you enjoyed it? Yeah, I've enjoyed it hugely. Good, good. I think uh, Neil will have some serious competition if he ever decides to take another holiday. Because I know Jim's done it in the past as well. Well, we've got strength in depth, you know. Oh, absolutely, mate. We're very much a squad on All in the Game. Yeah. Uh, we're back, uh, me and Atkinson, all being well. Same time, same place next week. We'll see you then.